Well, good morning. It is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. I, if you're unfamiliar, that's fine. Um, Slava Ukraine means glory to Ukraine. And the appropriate response to that is uh, um, glory to heroes, I believe. Is that what it is? Which is Heroium uh, Slava, right? Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Can I just say how much I appreciate you? In case I didn't tell you today, I wanted to make sure you knew how much I appreciate you coming every day. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter um, right now, President Herzog of Israel, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a criminal, is speaking in front of a uh, 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 the Senate and House right now. And uh, yeah, I, you know, Israel, we really got to do something about them. They're, they've done nothing but cause problems and uh, murdered so many Palestinians. It's it's getting pretty bad. They got to stop stealing the land. They got to start listening to the UN. They got to start listening to... Oh, I just... I'm uh, kind of disappointed that the U.S. has uh, welcomed them so much with open arms. However, there are some, some Democrats who refuse to attend because of the war crimes uh, and human rights abuses that Israel uh, has been uh, doing to uh, most people. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's start as we usually do with the uh, war in Ukraine. Putin has decided not to attend the BRICS summit in South Africa after fears he could be arrested by the ICC. The International Criminal Court, uh, President of South Africa, Matamela Cyril Ramaphosa, said any attempt to arrest Vladimir Putin if he visits South Africa would be a declaration of war against Russia. Russia has consistently described the ICC arrest warrant as outrageous and legally void because the country is not a member of the organization. You know what? I'm not a member of the police, but if I get arrested by them... I can't claim it's illegal. South Africa is an ICC signatory and should therefore help in his arrest. Yet it has refused to honor the, that obligation in the past, allowing safe passage in 2015 to Sudan's then-president Omar al-Bashir, who was wanted for war crimes against his own people. Putin was invited to South Africa in August when the country hosts a summit for members of the BRICS countries. Uh, the, uh, BRICS, that's an acronym for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Shouldn't it be BRICSA, since it's South Africa? Yeah. Um, South Africa's biggest opposition party, Democratic Alliance, has gone to court to try to force the authorities to carry out an arrest on Putin. 
should he set foot in the country. Uh, court documents reveal that Pre President Ramaphosa is firmly against any such move, stating that the national security is at stake. He said in an affidavit, South Africa has obvious problems with executing a request to arrest and surrender President Putin. Russia has made it clear that arresting uh, uh, its sitting president would be a declaration of war. It would be inconsistent with our constitution to risk engaging in war with Russia. Uh, president Ramaphosa added that South Africa is one of the several African nations holding talks with Russia and Ukraine with a view of ending the war altogether. Of course, in, in uh, Russia's uh, giving Russia land that they don't deserve, that's what he would want to do, uh, just like China wants. Uh, he went on, and that attempting to arrest Mr. Putin would be counterproductive. Uh, but South Africa is only supposed to assist in arresting him. Putin's plane could be forced down or someone else could arrest him while he's there. That's why he chose not to go. Earlier, Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov told reporters that everyone understood without having it explained to them what an attempt to infringe on Putin's rights would mean if their arrest were, were to take place. Pesky Peskov said Putin decided to participate in the BRICS summit via video conferencing. It will be a full-fledged participation. Of course, he's going to do it via video conferencing because he runs the risk of being arrested anywhere in the world, just about. Air defense systems were engaged in repelling an overnight uh, Russian attack on Kiev. Uh, the capital's military administration said on Telegram channel uh, 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 that they were defending. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about this today, what happened in Kiev. I did not hear about it by the time of this broadcast. Ukraine's Air Force has said it successfully downed 37 out of 63 targets in a giant Russian overnight missile and drone attack, including 23 suicide drones and 14 cruise missiles. The Air Force said military facilities and critical infrastructure had been attacked in nighttime raids and that the main target was southern Odessa region. Uh, Ukraine accuses Russia of damaging grain export infrastructure and hellish overnight strikes focused on two of its Black Sea ports, vowing not to be intimidated from working to keep uh, grain moving out of uh, them. Now, <clears throat> for the Black Sea grain deal, Odessa was one of the ports that was protected. They still fired on it, but they tried to stay away from infrastructure that the ports needed to export grain. Now they're firing on that infrastructure. Uh, Serhei uh, Bratchuk, spokes, uh, spokesperson for the Odessa Military Administration, said in a voice message on Telegram, it was a hellish night, adding that details on damage and casualties will come later. Mikhailo Poldiak, a political advisor to Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, has said Russia intentionally struck grain terminals and port infrastructure in Odessa in its latest air attacks. He said in a tweet, the main objective is to destroy the possibility of shipping Ukrainian grain. Ukrainian Agricultural Minister Mykolo Solsky said a uh, considerable amount of grain export infrastructure at a port in uh, Chornomorsk uh, in the Odessa region has been damaged in a Russian attack. <clears throat> Let me get a little bit of coffee here. How you guys doing today? Well, I hope. Hope you're doing well. Weekend's coming. 
We're on hump day, right? According to a report by Russia's task news agency, Russian Defense Ministry says the country achieved its goal of striking Ukraine's Odessa overnight and all targets were hit. TASS quoted Lieutenant General Igor Konashenkov as saying, overnight the armed forces of Russian Federation launched a group strike with high precision sea and air based weapons on military industry industry facilities, fuel infrastructure, and ammunition depots of the armed forces of Ukraine near the city of Odessa, as well as on the Kanatovo Air Base uh, of the Ukrainian Air Force in the Kirovograd region. The goal of the strike has been achieved. Uh, earlier today, the Moscow-backed governor of Crimea said that a fire that broke out at a military training grounds in the Kurovsky district on the Crimean Peninsula had forced the evacuation of more than 2,000 people and a closure of a nearby highway. Governor Sergei Aksionov said on Telegram, it is planned to temporarily evacuate residents of four settlements. This is more than 2,000 people. There was no reason given for the fire, which also forced the partial closure of a major Tavridi Highway. Sergei Abrachuk, spokesperson for the Odessa Military Administration in Ukraine, posted two videos of a fire in an uninhabited area saying, Enemy Ammunition Depot, Staria Krim. <clears throat> Ukrainian troops using an American infantry fighting vehicle, an M2 Bradley, effectively neutralized two, count them, two T-72 Russian T-72 tanks during an intense battle yesterday. Hannah Mylar, Deputy Minister of Defense, recounted the uh, efforts of the 47th Separate mechan uh, Mechanized Brigade, including key figures such as the gunner, Primara, the BMP commander, Katch, and the driver mechanic, Bublik, who I guess they, those are their code names, <laughs> who operated on the Zaporizhia front. Um, she said, our military <clears throat> is well aware that Western equipment attracts the enemy's attention. And as soon as the Bradley appears on the front line, the Russian unleashed all their firepower from grenade launchers to artillery and attack helicopters. Both Russian tanks were promptly taken out of action. Uh, the Bradley is equipped with a, a tow anti-tank missile, which the crew skillfully employed. According to the deputy minister, the Bradley initially outmaneuvered the Russian infantry from both flanks. After successfully eliminating the occupants uh, with the automatic cannon, the Russian declared a real hunt for the Ukrainian Bradley and urgently brought a pair of T-72 tanks into fight. To no avail, they were tanked. Moving on. On the whereabouts of Prigozhin, a video of Russian uh, Wagner boost Yevgeny Prigozhin welcoming, welcoming his Wagner fighters to Belarus has been posted by his press service on the Telegram messaging app. Prigozhin is heard welcoming his men, telling them to behave and saying their training will make the Belarusian army the second best in the world. He is also heard saying that his men will stay in Belarus for some time and calling what is happening on the front lines in Ukraine a disgrace that the Wagner group should not take part in. If he says that's a disgrace, what does that make him? I mean, he's a serious war criminal. And if the Russian army is a disgrace, how come he claims he will be 
will make Belarusian troops the second greatest instead of the greatest? I mean, doesn't that make him the second greatest to an army that's already a disgrace? <laughs> I, you know what? They should really choose their words a little better. Uh, now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Uh, human rights advocates called for the a federal invest, uh, intervention after it was reported Monday that state troopers assigned to Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott's border militarization initi- initiative have been ordered to push migrant children back into the Rio Grande and to deny water to asylum seekers amid a life-threatening heat wave. The Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News reported on what could be considered whistleblower emails from an unnamed Texas Department or Public Safety uh, DPS officer. Right-wing sociopath Governor Greg Abbott deployed buoys along the Rio Grande with razor wire. If you try to climb over them, they spin and they'll slice you to ribbons. The newspaper reported, according to uh, the email, a pregnant woman having a miscarriage was found late last month caught in the wire, doubling over in pain. A four-year-old girl passed out from heat exhaustion after she tried to go through it and it was pushed and was pushed back by Texas National Guard soldiers. A teenager broke his leg trying to navigate the water under the wire and had to be carried by his father. The email which the trooper sent to a superior suggests that Texas has set traps of razor wire wrapped barrels in parts of the river with high water and low visibility. I've seen them. You don't have to suggest it. Suggest it. I've seen pictures. And it says the wire has increased the risk of drownings by forcing migrants into deeper stretches of the river. The trooper called for a series of rigorous policy changes to improve safety for migrants, including removing the barrels and revoking the directive on withholding water. The trooper wrote, due to to the extreme heat, the order to not give people water needs to be immediately reversed as well. I believe we have stepped over a line into the inhumane. U.S. Representative Joaquin Castro, from a Democrat from Texas, who, by the way, really isn't a Democrat in the way he votes. Uh, he's, he's, he's Republican light. He's, he's that blue dog at best, but I, I wouldn't even give him that. He tweeted Monday. This is absolutely monstrous, inhumane policy. Governor Abbott's troops have been told to push migrant children back into the Rio Grande to drown. If that right-winger says it's bad, that means it's bad. Representative Castro said that he raised the issue of Abbott's uh, barbarity on Monday night with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. I read him the title and first paragraph of the San Antonio Express News article and urged the administration to intervene and to remove the death traps Abbott has installed for the sake of human rights. And by the way, immigration is supposed to be uh, um, taken care of federally, not by governors of separate states. It's a federal thing. Texas installation of buoys in the Rio Grande has provoked complaints from Mexico, which told the U.S. government in a diplomatic note last week that the floating barrier may violate 1944 and 1970 treaties on boundaries and water. U.S. Border Patrol officials have also issued internal warnings 
that the rampant use of razor wire is preventing their agents from reaching migrants in need of help and heightening the risk of drownings. The TPS officer voiced similar concerns, writing that the placement of wire along the river forces people to cross in other areas, areas that are deeper and not as safe for people carrying kids and bags. As Wormond, uh, uh, the writer of the Houston Chronicle, uh, reported, the troopers' emails sheds new lights on a series series of previously on. Uh, uh, previously reported drownings in the river during a one-week stretch earlier this month, including a mother and at least one of her ch- two children who federal border patrol agents spotted struggling to cross the Rio Grande in July. I, and the reason that they, they're saying only one of her two children that drowned is because the other one, the body is gone. They can't prove that the child drowned. That's the only reason they're saying that. According to the email, a DPS boat found the mother and one of the two, uh, one of the children who went under the water for a minute. They were pulled from the river and given medical care before being transferred to EMS, but were later declared deceased at the hospital. The second child was never found. The email said, in addition, the DPS officer detailed how on June 25th, troopers came across a group of 120 people camped out along a fence set up along the river. The journalist noted the group included several small children and babies who were nursing. The trooper wrote, the entire group was exhausted, hungry, and tired. The trooper wrote the shift uh, officer in command ordered the troopers to push the people back into the water to go to Mexico. The email says the trooper uh, wrote that the troopers decided it was not the right thing to do with the very real potential of exhausted people drowning. They called uh, command again and and expressed their concerns and were given the order to tell them to go back to Mexico and get into uh, our vehicle and leave. Um, DPS spokesperson Travis Considine did not comment on all the contents of the officer's email, but denied there was a policy against giving water to migrants uh, uh, meanwhile, DPS Director Stephen McGraw admitted there has been a recent spike in injuries due to razor wire, including seven instances in which migrants needed elevated medical attention uh, from July 4th to July 13th. Those are on top of the multiple injuries described in the email that asylum seekers suffered on uh, June 30th. Now, I've seen some of those pictures of the damage done by the razor wire. And we're talking serious scarring, forever scarring. I mean, these are really bad. Uh, yesterday, uh, okay, yesterday, I'm going to admit it, I didn't do so good at reporting. But as I mentioned, I also mentioned this yesterday, I do not have news organizations behind me to check things. I was reporting on what was known at the time and two stories that were breaking were uh, uh, partially wrong in the reporting that I was watching on the news or or that I was seeing online. Normally, I wait until things are sussed out, but I didn't do that yesterday. First, let's talk about Trump and his target letter. Yesterday, I reported that the target letter was more of a document, uh, more on the documents case. Uh, Everything else was correct, but the target letter was on his response to the election and possibly the insurrection itself. But I don't want to get ahead of myself because no one actually knows just yet. Jack Smith, 
and company are keeping it close to the vest. Former President Donald Trump said Tuesday in a social media post that he's been informed by special counsel Jack Smith that he is the target of a criminal investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election leading up to the January 6, 2021 uh, insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. It is true a target letter from federal prosecutors to Trump makes clear they are focused on Trump's actions in the probe and not just on those around him who tried to stop his election loss. By the way, Trump right now is screaming that he has a right to to uh, uh, challenge the election if he thinks it was it was uh, 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 fake that 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 there was something false about it. He's claiming that he believed that the election wasn't, uh, that Biden didn't actually win. But there is a history of numerous people in his administration uh, uh, directly telling him, you lost the election. The election was lost by you. These fake uh, um, uh, uh Election challenges that you're that you're making are not true. He was told by numerous people he cannot he cannot claim he didn't know he wasn't elected. Anyway, the move is a sign Trump may soon be charged again in the tar- in the target letter. Trump was formally invited to testify testify before the grand jury, but it is largely expected that Trump will decline to do so. Uh, charges may not happen this week. I thought at first that uh, that's what was meant by the letter. Uh, Trump's advisors spent yesterday trying to figure out what's going on because they'd like, uh, they'd like to know the possible charges. They don't even know themselves. One thing that is always true, whatever questions asked or proposed to ask by the grand jury, you can bet they already know the answers so far. From what I understand, Trump's team has not identified anyone else who got a target letter. The grand jury is continuing to hear from witnesses, and a close Trump advisor is expected to appear tomorrow. The fake electors scheme is widening, and Jack Smith and company may have some insight into that. And speaking of those fake electors... I mean, we've talked about Georgia. We've talked about Arizona in the past. The fake elector scheme isn't just being investigated in Georgia. Now it's Michigan, too. Michigan's attorney general filed felony charges yesterday against 16 Republicans who acted as fake electors for then-President Donald Trump in 2020, accusing them of submitting false certificates, confirming they were legitimate electors despite Biden's victory in the state, several charges including forgery, uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel announced that all 16 people would face eight criminal charges. Uh, by the way, it's 16 now, 16 electors. Uh, I'm sorry, 16 electors then. Now they have 15 electors because they lost one congressional seat. Uh, just so you know. Um, anyway, uh, all 16 people would face uh, criminal charges, including forgery conspiracy to commit election forgery, which range from a potential of five to 14 years in prison for each violation. The group includes the head of the Republican National Committee's chapter in Michigan, Kathy Burden, as well as former co-chair of Michigan Republican Party, Mishan Maddock, 
Uh, the group is alleged to have met inside the then Michigan Republican Party headquarters in December 14, 2020, and signed their names to multiple certificates stating they were the qualified electors for Trump. These false documents were then transmitted to Congress and the National Archives. Uh, in seven battleground states, including Michigan, supporters of Trump signed certificates that falsely stated he had won their states, not Biden. The fake certificates were ignored because they knew the truth, but the attempt has been subject to investigations, including by the House committee that investigated the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Okay, let's, uh, let's give an example. Okay, so uh, you walk into a bank and you have a uh, plastic gun and you, you say, stick them up. Stick them up. And the guy behind, behind the, uh, the counter goes, um, that's a plastic gun. That's not a real gun. You're still guilty of attempting to uh, um, uh, rob a bank. Right? Just because somebody on the other, other end recognized that these weren't real electors, it doesn't mean you didn't do the crime. It's quite simple. False electoral college certificates were also submitted declaring Trump the winner in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Wisconsin, New Mexico, and Pennsylvania. Uh, all swing states, from what I understand, that could be a total of 87 Republicans going to prison. I call that a start. Amount of electors are uh, how many congressional seats and how many senators combined. So if... Um, uh, if, uh, uh, if they have, uh, if you have 12 congressmen, you also have two senators. That would be 14 electors, right? There you have it. In California, is it 51 or 50? Is it 51 or 50? I forget. Uh, if it's 51, it would be 53 electors because you have two senators. Uh, it may change every dec decade. So the current count for each state could be different like with Michigan and Pennsylvania, who lost electors after the 2020 census and reapportionment. Michigan lost one, Pennsylvania lost two. <clears throat> uh, Democratic leaders from both chambers came together to reintroduce the Freedom to Vote Act, which aims to improve voter access and electoral uh, administration, boost election integrity, and increase civic participation and empowerment. This bill has been blocked numerous times by Republicans, just like any bill that would help people vote, because I've, as we've said and explained numerous times, the less who vote, the more likely Republicans get elected. Let's explain it one more time. There are more registered Democrats than registered Republicans. All across the country, there are more. However, Republicans are more likely to show up to vote. That means the less who vote, the more likely Republicans get elected. And that's why they try and stop you from voting. Uh, the bill is unlikely to reach the desk of President Joe Biden during his term. Uh, crew, a tweet, you know, crew, that great group, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. They tweeted, the Freedom to Vote Act would limit the influence of big money in politics, modernize our voting system, and help dismantle barriers that keep black indigenous and young people from voting. What's not to like? Well, 
for Republicans, that tweet means the exact opposite. They hate all of that. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. As we expected, and you've been waiting for this, as we expected and as we talked about a while back, you think Alabama Republicans will defy the Supreme Court? That's what we were suggesting way back when. Alabama, in June, we did the story. Alabama uh, Republicans advanced a new congressional map that fails to comply with the court's landmark Voting Rights Act decision in June. If you remember, Chief Justice John Roberts ordered the state to draw an additional congressional district that gives black voters a meaningful opportunity to elect the representative of their choice. Well, instead, Republican legislators have drawn a white majority district that Donald Trump would have handily carried in 2020. Lawmakers passed this map out of a committee on party line vote and the GOP controlled legislature appears likely to adopt it by Friday. But we talked about this. What would happen if this happened? We talked about this way back in June. There is no real chance that the district court which struck down Alabama's first map will uphold this one. It will be dead on arrival as Republican legislatures. They should realize this, right? It seems then that these lawmakers hope the Supreme Court will decline to enforce a ruling that is barely a month old, right? I mean, it was June 8th, right? So a a month and a week? Like Louisiana Republicans who are currently pursuing a similar tactic over a similar racial gerrymander, Alabama legislatures think the Supreme Court may walk back its newfound commitment to the Voting Rights Act, as we talked about. Presuming the legislature enacts this map, the district court will shoot it down. After all, a black voting age population of just 42% is not quite close to a majority. Uh, The court will then appoint a special master to draw the map themselves that that complies with the order. And then Republicans could lose more, including legal authority to draw maps. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, shit's about to hit the fan. We'll see what happens. Yesterday, the Illinois Supreme Court ruled that the state's historic move to ban cash bail is constitutional, overturning a lower court decision. In a 5-2 decision, the state's highest court ruled that the measure which eliminates the requirement that individuals post bail in order to be released before trial can go into effect on September 18th. Under the law, a person can still be detained if they pose a specific real and present threat to a person or if there is a high likelihood that they could flee. Chief Justice Mary Jane Thies wrote in in, uh, the opinion, Our Constitution creates a balance between the individual rights of defendants and the individual rights of crime victims. The Act's pre-trial release provisions set forth procedures commensurate with that balance. The cash bail ban, part of a law passed in 2021 called the Safety Act, had been overturned by, I called it the Safety Act because it's safe-t. It's not safety. <laughs> had uh, had been overturned by uh, Ken, uh, Kaki County Judge, who ruled that the bail provision could only be enacted with an amendment to the state's con- constitution, not a new law. 
Judge Thomas Cunningham wrote late that last year, in eliminating monetary bail, the discretion, constitutionality vested to the courts to protect victims and their families by this method is gone. In a dissent Tuesday, Justice David Overstreet also said the legislature has not done so, but this is constitutionally required no matter how desirable it may be to abolish monetary bail. Uh, Okay. Monetary bail does not stop criminals. It only stops poor criminals. Okay? Rich criminals still get out and kill people. Um, Thies said, uh, that's the judge, uh, the recent judge, said Cunningham incorrectly assumed that abolishing monetary bail undermines the state's interest, adding that stating the monetary bail is required, ignoring the plain language of the Constitution. Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox, said in a written written statement, today's ruling ends the cash bail system, replacing that system with a detention process based on community safety and not on financial fitness of defendants. Congratulations to every stakeholder who helped make this happen. And bail has always been used to keep the rich wealthy and the poor poorer. The rich can get out and defend themselves uh, and investigate or do whatever they want, while the poor who can't afford anybody to, to do the investigations for them can't get out, right? I know if you've listened listened to me uh, for any amount of time, you know, and I've told you about this before, I was arrested for something I did not do. I could not afford bail. After two years, the court found that the police were withholding evidence, actual videotape of the crime, and they knew all along it was not me. The case was dismissed for furtherance of justice by the, by the judge, which is the same as with prejudice. The point is, it destroyed my life because I could not afford bail. It was very simple. Rich people can afford bail, poor people cannot, and it destroys their life. Moving on. Uh, states across the South are pushing inhumane conditions with this heat wave. Uh, people have definitely died. It has already happened in this heat wave, though the prison system will call it unknown reasons. In Louisiana Monday, the ACLU and uh, other legal advocacy groups issued an emergency plea for federal court to order the transfer of children incarcerated at the Louisiana State Penitentiary, better known as the notorious Angola Prison and potential deadly temperatures exceeding 130 degrees Fahrenheit on the heat index without air conditioning. The group claim the groups claim scores of teenagers imprisoned on Angola's former death row were locked in windowless cells without air conditioning for nearly 24 hours a day for several days this month as temperatures soared. At least 13 people in Texas and Louisiana have died from the scorching heat in recent weeks. Yesterday, the mercury topped 97 uh, degrees Fahrenheit at the prison with high temperatures forecast to approach 100 degrees Fahrenheit later this week. The heat index makes it feel even hotter, as hot as 133 degrees Fahrenheit, according to the appeal. 
Dr. Uh, Susie Yu Vassallo, a medical expert for the prisoners, wrote in a statement to the U.S. District Court for the Middle District of Louisiana, I would not dare keep my dog in these conditions for fear of my dog dying. It has been dangerously hot in Angola so far this summer. Confining children for all or most of the day to concrete and cement buildings without air conditioning is foolhardy and perilous. My personal knowledge of the, the unconstitutional and inadequate medical care provided to adults at Angola heightens my fear that a child will deteriorate or die at Angola due to the conditions and the poor health care provided at the prison. According to the appeal, the ACLU and other legal advocates sued in August to stop the transfers to Angola due to what they said were inhumane conditions inside the facility. This is a this is a former uh, a former death row for regular prisoners, right? It's not it wasn't made to hold teenagers. But a federal judge let the plan commence after Louisiana Office of Juvenile Justice promised it would provide children with education programs and services at the facility. But David Utter, lead counsel in the uh, uh, lawsuit and executive director of the uh, Fair Fight Initiative, told the appeal, uh, told the appeal in an interview, uh, the appeal is a, is a uh, rag, uh, in an interview that the agency has failed to deliver in the months since. What the state promised that they were going to do before they put any young people in that facility has not happened, and it's time to stop taking the state at his at their word. Utter said, "The trauma that the state is inflicting on these young people is immeasurable." The civil rights group emergency filing claims child prisoners at Angola are locked up in solitary confinement for 72 hours straight and that they're confined to their cells for 23 hours a day as punishment and only allowed out to shower or to recreation area while handcuffed and shackled. While state officials say the youth unit at Angola will be closed this autumn, critics say the teens can't wait that long. Many also question why children's children, most of them black, are imprisoned on the former death row of one of the country's most infamous penitentiaries, which was built on the site of a former slave plantation. It just keeps looking worse. In Texas, more of the same. Prisoners work in fields in Texas where it's insanely hot right now. But believe it or not, that would be a blessing because when they get back to their concrete cells, they can be 20 or more degrees hotter than the deadly heat in the Texas fields. Advocates, ministers, politicians, and grieving parents called on the governor, lieutenant governor, and senate to put air conditioning in Texas prisoners, prisons as triple-digit temper temperatures transform the prisons into a living hell. State Representative Carl Sherman uh, from Dallas said this state the state requires that our animal shelters must be air conditioned air conditioned but when it comes to people who are we it's inhumane this is not a political issue this is a humanity uh, humanity issue I, you know what i'd argue that humanity as a word is highly misrepresentative of what the actual of what actual humans do 
but I go off. Uh, more than two-thirds of Texas, 100 prisons do not have air conditioning in their living quarters. Last month, nine people died of heart failure or, or quote-unquote unknown conditions, which advocates uh, 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 blame on the ex excessive heat in the prisons. Amanda Hernandez, Texas Department of Criminal Justice Communications Director, said that the preliminary findings show that deaths are not heat-related. The department has not reported a confirmed heat-related death since 2012, which is ridiculous. We know it has happened. We know it has happened. J. Carly Purdom, a Texas A&M University research assistant professor who worked on a study released last year, told the House Appropriations Committee then that the number reported is wildly underestimated because determining whether heat was the cause of death is difficult. She said, essentially, a person could die of uh, heart failure and it wouldn't be considered a heat-related death, but continuously living in those dangerous heat conditions probably is the reason that person had a medical emergency. <clears throat> a study released last year by Texas A&M found that temperatures regularly hover at about 110 degrees inside prisons during the summer and have gotten up to 149 degrees. Texas is one of 13 states without universal air conditioning in its prisons. These conditions will only get worse as climate change makes excessive heat a new normal. According to the Texas Tribune, additionally, the conditions are cited as a reason that Texas has trouble staffing its prisons. And the state has spent more on legal fees in, in the fight over installing air conditioning than it would have cost to install AC. Speakers at Tuesday's press conference said prisoners have written to them that some inmates have been pouring water on concrete floors and sleeping in puddles to try to cool down. Many said that prisoners have reported not getting enough water as well. It's really bad. Uh, my other mistake yesterday was reporting uh, the breaking news from North Korea. Apparently, that U.S. soldier knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, the news was first reported that the soldier got on a wrong bus or something. Even after I reported that, I was thinking it didn't make sense because buses don't go back and forth between the two countries. That American soldier had just spent two months in a South Korean jail for assault. Private second class Travis King was released on July 10th, after serving his time, he was being sent home to Fort Bliss, Texas on Monday, where he could have faced additional military disciplinary actions and discharge from the service. Uh, King was taken to the airport and escorted as far as the as customs. But instead of getting on the plane, he left the airport and later joined a tour of the Korean, uh, Korean border village of Panmunjom. He got off the bus and ran across the border, which is lined with guards and often crowded with tourists. Yesterday afternoon, local time in Korea, the 38th parallel, uh, the 38th parallel is two and a half miles wide. So it's not a quick run. Though the parallel is full of army personnel from both sides, it's surprising he was not shot unless he planned it and this was a defection that he didn't want to go to jail once he got back. He might not have gone to jail, but who knows? Uh, he is in custody of North Korean authorities right now, and we shall see what happens. 
Also yesterday, North Korea launched two short-range ballistic missiles, which landed in the sea between the Korean, Korean Peninsula and Japan. According to South Korean uh, Joint Chief of Staff, the missiles were launched from North Korea's Sunan area and were fired in the early morning on Wednesday uh, local time, I, I, uh, which is like, what, 17 hours ago? Uh, after flying about 550 mile, uh, kilometers each, the missiles landed in the sea. Uh, that was probably in retaliation for the U.S. nuclear-capable sub being in South Korean waters. The presence, uh, the presence of the Ohio-class ballistic missile submarine called the Kentucky in the South Korean port city of Busan was announced by the country's defense ministry. Moving on. Long one today, right? Today, the Justice Department and the Federal uh, Trade Commission released a set of long-anticipated draft updates to the nation's merger guidelines, introducing potentially co comprehensive changes to the way the U.S. government reviews mergers and acquisitions for the first time in more than a decade. This is much needed. Off the top of my head, T-Mobile and Mint Mobile should not have merged. Frontier Airlines and Spirit Airlines, TransUnion and New Star, Goldman Sachs and Green Sky, Amazon and MGM, Apollo Funds and Verizon uh, Media, and hundreds more should be questioned as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the proposed changes could lead to major shifts in how the U.S. government identifies and tries to block or alter deals it believes are anti-competitive. A vertical merger's have historically received less attention from regulators and the courts. But Wednesday's draft guidelines explicitly say that the U.S. government may consider certain kinds of vertical mergers to be harmful to competition. An example may be, I, this, was a, this is an easy one to, uh, to, uh, to uh, understand. Little Caesars Vertical Monopoly. They own the farms, they own the processing companies, and the, they own the trucks that deliver to the stores. Uh, the new draft takes a similar view towards mergers involving multiple smaller deals that may not raise red flags individually, but that together could harm competition or merger, mergers that effectively block future rivals from getting off the ground, a concern raised previously in connection with Facebook, Facebook's purchase of Instagram and WhatsApp, which is a vertical merger, really. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would consider it a vertical merger because it's it's all social media. Uh, in many instances, the problem with a merger isn't always that a company is buying a direct competitor, but it might be buying a company that threatens its dominance, either through uh, disintermediation or through technologies that might disrupt and displace its position. Uh, hopefully... This will have some teeth. We will see. It's been 27 years since Tupac Shakur was murdered. Murder cases never go away. Uh, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police confirmed yesterday that it executed a search warrant at a location in Henderson, Nevada, uh, just southwest of uh, uh, Las Vegas, in connection with the ongoing investigation into the murder of musician Tupac Shakur in 1996 while leaving a boxing match at the MGM Grand Hotel on the Las Vegas Strip. At the time of his fatal shooting, he was in a car with former Death Row Records CEO Suge Knight when a white Cadillac pulled up beside them and began shooting out of the back window. I wonder if they found the Cadillac. Hmm. Anyway. 
That's it. 48 minutes. Sorry. Uh, thanks for listening. Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. Tweet about me. Uh, uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up at the, right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, Government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.